Welcome to the TMG Media Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Today on the podcast, we have NFL Divisional Round Preview. Are we all wrong about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys? And did C.J. Stroud just have the best rookie quarterback season in NFL history? All right, let's get right into it. Did C.J. Stroud have the greatest rookie season by a quarterback in NFL history? There's a strong case that can be made. Let's keep in mind, most rookie quarterbacks struggle quite a bit, even the ones that end up being Hall of Famers. For instance, Peyton Manning in his rookie season went 3-13, and threw 26 touchdowns, but threw 28 interceptions. Troy Aikman didn't win a game his rookie season, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I assure you they're not good. So I tried to find some comps of great rookie seasons by a quarterback in the modern era, and there's really not many. So I'll start with CJ's numbers this year. He had a 63.9% completion percentage. He threw for 4,108 yards, 23 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and his quarterback rating was 100.8. He was also sacked 38 times, which shows you the Texans have a little bit more work to do on the offensive line, which I'm sure they will. Andrew Luck in 2012 for the Colts had a 54.1% completion percentage, threw for a few more yards, 4,374. He had 23 touchdowns, but 18 interceptions, and his quarterback rating was only 76.5. He was sacked 41 times, which is also the amount of times he was sacked the last year of his career, which is a big part of why he retired so young, because he just got tired of getting beaten up. And then the only other one that I can honestly find is Dan Marino's rookie season of 1983. 58.4 completion percentage, only 2,210 yards, but 20 touchdowns and 6 interceptions with a quarterback rating of 96.0, and he was only sacked 13 times, and those Dolphins teams under Don Shula were some really good teams. Also keep in mind, back in 1983, throwing the ball that much was pretty much unheard of, and in Dan Marino's second season, he threw for almost 5,000 yards, which was an NFL record, and they went to the Super Bowl and lost. But watching C.J. Stroud this year, and I've watched a bunch of his games, and then I've recently re-watched some, and I assure you, a lot of people haven't, because the Texans have been bad for a while, they play all their games at noon, which is regional coverage, which is pretty much just the people in the Houston watching area and whoever they're playing that area are watching those games. That'll surely change next year, no matter what the result is this Saturday. But watching CJ lead the team, carry the team, make the right decisions, and most importantly, not turn the ball over, that five interceptions is such a big deal for any quarterback, much less a rookie. He's also the first Ohio State quarterback to come out and really put up numbers at any point in their NFL career, really, but definitely the rookie season. 
When you watch him play, the ball comes out so easy. He looks calm under pressure. He makes quick decisions. He can drop the ball and run, but he's not looking to run. He goes through his reads, and then if nothing's there, he'll try to pick up the first down, but he's still smart about it, and he gets down instead of taking a big hit. The Texans really got lucky that the Panthers took Bryce Young with the first overall pick, and they took CJ with the second. Maybe if they had the first pick, they were planning to take him first anyway. We'll never know, but they're lucky that he fell in his lap. In my opinion, based on the stats that I just read off, I think that CJ, you can make a very strong case that he did just have the greatest rookie season by any quarterback in NFL history. Now to this weekend's divisional round. A lot of people think this is the best weekend of pro football of the year. It's because you have eight teams left, four games, Two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and they're the best eight teams in the league. We'll start off with the Texans at the Ravens, because apparently this is becoming a Texans podcast, but I'm really just getting to it because it's the first one Saturday. Baltimore is a nine and a half point favorite. The over-under is 43 and a half, and the weather is going to be 28 degrees and sunny. So that's cold, but with no precipitation, I really don't think it's going to have an effect on the game, even with a Southern Dome team coming up there to play. One thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is that the Ravens, under this latest era of Lamar Jackson football, have been great, and they have been really good in the regular season, but they have had playoff struggles They have underachieved in the playoffs, and that was a point of contention in the Lamar Jackson contract talks. If they lose this game, that's going to explode in the media and start to become a situation that's in their heads if it's not already like what's going on currently with the Cowboys. I do not count the Texans out in this game. They remind me of the Packers last week. If their season ends on Saturday, everyone's going to think their season was a success. If the Ravens lose at home being the number one seed, everyone's going to think their season is a failure. And that's a big difference in mindset when you go into a game. If the Ravens can handle that and get out early, it won't affect them. But if they get down early by 7, 10, 14 points, this could be a problem for Baltimore. The Texans, if C.J. Stroud continues to not turn the ball over and they stay in this game and those young players around him start to gain confidence, they could easily win this game. I would definitely take the Texans with the points in this game. There's no way, in my opinion, that the Texans will lose by 10 points or more. They might lose the game, but they're not going to lose by that much. I would take the over of 43.5 as well. I think with no precipitation, both teams could easily score 25 points or more. Next up, we have the Packers at 49ers. San Francisco is also a 9.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 50.5. It's going to be 62 degrees, partly cloudy, and also no precipitation. 
You never know how teams are going to react after having the long break. And the 49ers are the other one that does. And this is a really great coaching matchup with Shanahan versus LaFleur. They've been assistant coaches together in Washington and Atlanta. And they've really made a name for themselves in the league over the past five to ten years. This one's a hard one to call, but I think the bet is safe with the 49ers. I think their defense is going to come out and stop the run, the Aaron Jones attack from the Packers, what the Cowboys were unable to do. And I think that's going to slow down their passing game once they stop the run. And that defensive line of the 49ers is going to get after Jordan Love and create a little havoc back there. So I'm taking the 49ers to win the game, but also the 9.5-point favorite. I don't love it, so that's a tough one to call. But if I was betting on it, I would definitely take the underdog with the 9.5 points. The over-under of 50.5 seems high, but I definitely wouldn't go under on that if you were betting it. Next up, we have the Bucks at Lions. The Bucks steamrolled Philadelphia last week, but that would have sounded more impressive about a month and a half ago. The Eagles just fell apart at the end of the year, and no one really knows why. It's going to be a six-and-a-half-point favorite for the Lions. The over-under is 49-and-a-half, and the game is played indoor. But it will be 21 degrees at kickoff in Detroit, so I've always wondered why the Lions wouldn't use that to their advantage. They shouldn't play in a dome. This is the perfect example. You got a team from Tampa Bay who played a game in like beach weather last weekend. It was the only not cold team that wasn't in a dome. And now they got to go up there to Detroit and it's 21 degrees. So that plays into their hands, honestly. This is anybody's game. Baker Mayfield, you never know what you're going to get. He's definitely a fighter. And he's going to ball out at some point in this game. I just think the Lions and their crowd and the talent they have on that team with Dan Campbell leading the way, I think they will prevail. And I would take Detroit in this bet with the six and a half points. I think they'll win by a touchdown. The over under a 49.5, I'd take the over on that as well. This could turn into a track meet. And then last, we have the Chiefs at the Bills. This is the premier game of the weekend. Buffalo is favored by two and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. And the game time kickoff is 20 degrees and cloudy. It's supposed to be snowing the day before there, but only about an inch. And so they'll get that cleaned up before the game starts. And then it's just going to be really cold, but... Both of these teams are cold-weather teams. Kansas City played in, like, negative 28 windchill last week at home, so this is nothing new to them. And then Buffalo being a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, that's pretty much a pick because most wise guys say that home game is worth three points. So the Bills are at home, and they're only getting two-and-a-half. I just... I'm not able to go against the Chiefs at this point until they show me that they can't pull these kind of games out. One interesting fact is this will be Patrick Mahomes' first ever playoff road game. 
He's been in the league five years, and every game he's played in the playoffs has been at home. That shows you the kind of domination they've had besides Super Bowls, clearly. But I just think the Chiefs will find a way. Their defense is much better than it has been in the last couple of years, even though the offense has had their struggles, although they did play well last week. I think they've saved Travis Kelsey, and he's healthy and ready to perform. Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes, and I feel like Josh Allen will probably turn the ball over at least once or twice, possibly even a pick six. So that's my wrap-up for the divisional round of the playoffs. Hope you all enjoy the games. So, are we all wrong about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys? I bring this up because Jerry announced that Mike McCarthy will be back next season. To me, this is a perfect example of if you don't understand your history, you're doomed to repeat it. I don't know what's going to change in the next couple months to make anything any different besides having an above-average regular season and then falling on your face in the playoffs. They can't really get rid of any players. They're going to most likely have to give Dak Prescott an extension, and the reason for that is his salary cap number is $59.5 million next year. So they're going to have to give him an extension just to prorate some of that money out over the next couple of years, or else they're going to have to cut multiple good players to be able to afford that, and then they'll be even worse if they were in that situation, which obviously I think they'll avoid that. I get that we have talked about before about continuity being a big part of success in any organization, And that's what we talked about with the Steelers only having three head coaches over the last 60 years. So maybe Jerry is on to something there. And maybe myself and a lot of other people are overreacting by saying can McCarthy. But I think the reason that that's become a narrative isn't because necessarily that they lost. Although losing in the first round and being the only home team to lose in the wild card weekend is one thing. It's the way they lost. It was never close. Don't be fooled by those stats. Most of those were garbage time stats at the end when we were the Cowboys were never going to win it. <clears throat> I don't know that McCarthy is the leader of men to be able to push this team through all of the constant scrutiny, stress, and pressure they are under all year, but definitely the week the playoff starts, that steps up to a level that most even other athletes can't even fathom unless they're in that situation on the Yankees, Cowboys, or a team, Lakers, Celtics, that gets that high level of media attention. And I don't care who you are, that affects you. And once you learn about it, that's extra pressure that you don't need to feel going into a game like that. So in short, I don't agree with keeping McCarthy around, especially on a one-year deal pretty much. He's a lame duck coach. If this season starts off ugly, he might completely lose the locker room, and then you're at risk of doing a mid-season firing, which has actually happened in Cowboys history, 
Wade Phillips was let go during the regular season. That's my thoughts on all of that. I hope you all have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening.